0: Indian films are very much about connection and family and uh, connectedness between the characters. And the heroes tend to be, their family life becomes a big, important part of the film.
1: You are listening to the official podcast of the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival, where we brought an analysis of stigmatized creative expression. In film, art, and literature. To understand the misunderstood, your host is Miguel Rodriguez. Hello, listeners, and thank you for checking out another episode of the Horrible Imaginings Podcast. Today I have a very special episode for you. It is a recording from my discussion with Todd Stadman about his new book, Funky Bollywood, The Wild World of 70s Indian Action Cinema, which is currently available from Fab Press. Many of you might know Todd already because he has been a guest on this podcast in the past, back when it was still called the Monster Island Resort Podcast, and his blog, Die Danger, Die Die Kill is in the group of bloggers I associate with known as The Mysterious Order of the Skeleton Suit, a.k.a. Moss. Now, Todd's book itself is a gorgeous full-color guide to some of the best, most entertaining, and most wild collection of action genre films to come out of the Indian film community in the 1970s. I adore what he is trying to do with this book by not only keeping these films from fading into complete obscurity, but also in providing a guide for film fans like myself to look for something completely unique to um, adorn their current film knowledge. The podcast you are about to listen to was recorded live with a (laughs) a live studio audience, it's fun to kind of say that now, at the Digital Gym Cinema in San Diego, California. Uh, I had organized a book signing event that I put on for Todd. Uh, Most of the conversation is clear audio quality and... Gorgeous, but I do want to let you know that when I start getting questions from the audience, some of the questions from them might be a tad harder to hear or a little less, um, a little less volume. And uh, the questions themselves won't be difficult to gather from the context of Todd's answers. But I decided to leave the audio in because we also got some wonderful and insightful comments from members of the audience particularly those members of the audience who are of Indian descent and were able to lend their own personal expertise to the discussion. I must say, this is one of my favorite Q&As I've ever moderated, simply from the joy, enthusiasm, and the knowledge of the audience members. It was a genuine treat. Those thoughts, I'm happy to say, were reflected by the audience as well uh, after the event was over. A lot of great comments coming from them, coming up to us and thanking us for the event. So I hope you will check out Todd's book. I'll have a link to it and other things in the show notes over on hifilmfest.com, where we host this podcast. But enough introduction. Let's get to the discussion itself. So as this begins, I start by explaining to the audience my personal reasons for programming my Delirio film program here in San Diego, where I show international B-movies every month, and why I think B-movies are important to learn about different cultures. So an analogy I always like to make is there are lots of ways you can learn about a country or about a culture. And my analogy is if you go to Paris, you can go to the Louvre, and you can see the Mona Lisa, and that's a great way to learn about the culture. But sometimes the best way to learn about the culture is to find a little pub in some beaten path and buy a bunch of the locals, a round of drinks, and really get to know the people on that level. And the B-movie for me is that. Robert Rousson, Fellini, the greats of cinema are like the Louvre. But there's a place for the B-movie. There's a place for the cult movie. And that is, that is one of the things I want to get across with Delirio. Those of you who've been in Delirio, raise your hand if you've been to some of the Delirio screenings. All right. Clap if you liked it. Yeah. They're great films. They're great films. They're wild. They're imaginative. They're off the cuff. And that's something that I wanted to talk about. Today, we're focusing on India. And we're very, very lucky to have an author of a book called Funky Bollywood The Wild World of 1970s Indian Action Cinema. Um, And we're going to focus on India and, and talk a little bit about that. The author is here all the way from San Francisco. His name is Todd Statman, and he's a good friend of mine. Todd, why don't you come up here? I have a very comfy seat.
0: Yeah, right here. I'll even,
1: I'll even warm it up for you.
0: I never thought you'd pick me.
1: <laughs> it was always you, Todd. It was always you. Yeah. Do we have anyone in the audience who's actually a member of the Indian community in San Diego? Wonderful. Three of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I reached out to the House of India, I reached out to Bollywood lovers, I reached out to all kinds of uh, um, Bollywood and Indian cultural centers that I could find in San Diego, and as was um, expected, when they hear about some particular events, I didn't get a lot of interest or I didn't get an email back at all, and I think that's one of the things I want to start by talking to you about. Have I not returned your emails? You have returned my emails. You're here. Yeah. No, but, but I, think, I think what I want to talk to you about is what kind of response have you gotten from the Indian community to your book?
0: I've actually been very surprised by the response that I've gotten. It's been getting uh, great reviews. Uh, it got an excellent review in the Hindu, which is one of the larger English language papers in India. I, when I wrote this book and when the book was coming ba- out I was expecting to get a little pushback from the South Asian community as an outsider writing a book about Bollywood cinema and uh, that hasn't happened yet I expect that's going to happen eventually that's in the cards but it turns out that there's a lot of fascination for you know why this foreign wrote this book about Bollywood and uh, <laughs> and uh, Uh, And it's been positive interest, and I've been getting a lot. I was interviewed for Scroll India, which is a website, and the first question is always, why Bollywood? So anyway, I've been very pleased with the response.
1: Is there anything specific that the Hindi, the newspaper, um, said in response to the book that you're particularly proud of or that you want people to know about?
0: Well, yeah, there was a review by a fellow named Jai Arjun Singh who... uh, he started out the review that when he first heard that an American had wrote written a book about Indian movies, he reacted with a sense of I think he said proprietary suspicion, <laughs> and and he uh, that sound familiar? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially the Indian, like the Indian
0: and he talked about um, you know wanting to beat me up and you know or like his he talked about his initial reactions to it, you know before he read the book. But he said once he read the book and he saw that i was treating the movies with respect and i wasn't being snarky about them and i underst- i act- i understand that that fear that you know cuz there is a lot of snark on the internet you know i've written a blog for a long time so there is in like writing about international s- cinema there's often a lot of snark and condescension that's the act the absolute opposite of what i wanted to do and he saw that once he started reading the book he saw that i respected the films that i put a lot of care into presenting context that i wasn't either just sort of blanket condescending to them or blanket blanket revering them i said some of them sucked and some of them were good (laughs) and he ended up saying that i had something to the effect of he said that uh my book was the broken locket that proved that I belonged to the family of Bollywood wow. fanatics. So that was very moving. I don't think I could get a review that was more gratifying.
1: than that. We're going to cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I think, I think when we're, especially now in the Internet age, and in some of these films, and we'll talk about this a little too, yeah. are more available than they ever have been in the past, uh, to the U.S. anyway. And we're going to have to put everything in the context of how can I see these here in the States. They're more available than they have been in the past, and so there is some kind of fear, I think, that, uh, hey, what's this The white guy doing writing about us? Is he going to make fun of it? You know, and as a writer, by the way, I should mention this, Todd writes a blog. It's called Die Danger, Die Die Kill. Um, which is a really great blog, and it's about it. covers the most obscure international cinema—not just Bollywood, but Filipino cinema, uh, Indonesian cinema—and it's. I don't know where you find half the stuff you find. It's really startling sometimes. It's a, it's a reverent and analytical look at some films that nobody would presume that you could look at in this way. And I think uh, even coming from. Bollywood film scholars, they're like, well, there are so many wonderful Bollywood films, but talk about the films that you're focusing on for this book. Okay, so... So why did you choose Bollywood? And Why, why did the I genre? choose Bollywood? Yeah, why, okay, why
0: the, genre? The, the reason I chose Bollywood is I felt there was a need for this <laughs> book. There's not a lot of writing about Bollywood in English out there. there are, what there is tends to be either very academic and dry or very frothy and not very informative. So I wanted to write something that kind of went the middle ground and something that was accessible, but at the same time informative and that was humorous and reader-friendly without being snarky. So, yeah, I had to walk a bit of a tightrope with this book. And also, it seems like there's a lot of curiosity about Bollywood on the part of film buffs or cineasts or film geeks, what have you. But I also detect that there's some hesitance about taking the jump because of presuppositions that people have about Indian cinema, some of which are true, but not all of them and not in all cases. So, you know, they think Bollywood cinema is just frothy and fizzy and doesn't have much content, and that it's all romances and comedies, uh, romantic comedies and and such. And I felt that the action genre or action is sort of an international language. You know, one of the reasons Hollywood makes so many action movies is because they translate so well across cultures. And every culture has their action movies and their big action heroes. Every culture has their Schwarzenegger or you know, Clint Eastwood or whatever. And I love these films from the 70s. I mean, that's, you know, obviously part of it is because I really like these films. So I felt like that might provide a good entryway for film buffs and cult film fans, especially because... you know, as I, I found that as cult fanatics sort of uh, reach the bottom of the well of American B movies and you know Japanese monster movies, they look they look around for other stuff. And I think these Indian action films they would be a prime audience for this. But they first they have to know where to start, which is hard because there's a lot of films and just yeah know a little bit have a little bit of context to start with, and so. That's why I wrote Funky Bollywood. Before I ask anything else,
1: I want to go ahead and give the audience a chance. Does anyone have a question about... Yes, sir. Can you actually speak really loudly? Yes, I
2: can. All right. <laughs>
1: I'll repeat it if you can. That's fine. I've seen a couple of Bollywoods, and I've always wanted to get into them and look for them. Where do you start?
3: Because the one thing I really... I mean, I... Like, you said most quality most movies are like romantic comedies or, or dramas. Like The first one I ever saw was was a drama.
4: Uh-huh. What was, was it? I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, okay. I, I saw it at the Prince's house and the one thing I understood about it is that they are masters at the twist. Yes.
1: <laughs> they are masters at the twist.
0: Yes. Well, not, not the twist dance room, but the, you know the, well, the, actually, the, 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 the twist. plot the twist. The plot twist. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow,
1: these guys are so good. I want to see more of this. But I
0: have no idea where to look. Yeah, I mean, the lucky thing is that, especially old, like classic Bollywood movies, a lot of them are available on DVD. And what's not available on DVD is available on VCD, which is the most popular film format, or, you know, home video format in the world, though not technically the greatest. When I started getting into Indian cinema, actually, believe it or not, Netflix had a much larger Bollywood selection than you might think. So I checked there. Another place to go is a, a site called Induna.com, which is where you can buy DVDs. The It's in India, and the um, shipping will kill you, but but the DVDs are really cheap. They're just a few rupees, you know, they're just a couple, three, four dollars each. So if you, you know, whenever I order from them, you know, at one point when I was writing this book, I ordered like 50 DVDs in one go. You know, but uh, it's a great place, very trustworthy. I mean, I, I didn't mean to give them a plug or anything, but it's a great place. We'll uh, put their website on the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Hi. I just want to say you can
3: actually get a lot of the older films now free on YouTube. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That, yes.
0: Thanks for and saying that.
3: Absolutely legal.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah, and if I may yeah, piggyback off of that, you can actually see quite a lot on YouTube. A lot of it is not subtitled. And I think yes. one thing that uh, I, I, I do, and I know you can touch on this quite a lot, yeah. but uh, about uh, the kind of experience you can get watching, especially a Bollywood film, not subtitled. Now, uh, there is a treasure trove of Bollywood horror films on YouTube. Yeah. And it's really awesome. <laughs> and none of it is subtitled. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> it doesn't matter I mean the visuals are so rich and imaginative, right, but um, you actually re- re- recently wrote a, um, a podcast about the subtitle thing, so yeah, let's touch on that a little bit too, but uh, unless you wanted to finish with anything else about YouTube and,
0: and your suggestion because: Well yeah, I'd say that's a very good suggestion uh okay. yes there we go uh, <laughs> i i feel that genre transcends language so a lot of the films i watch are without subtitles because that's the only way i can find them but most of the films i watch are are, are genre films they're either crime films or uh, horror films or action films and with you know the tropes are pretty much the same from culture to culture. So if you have a, an action movie and there's a you know the bad guy with his under underwater lair and there's you know there's you, you know you can pretty much figure out what's going on. Bollywood films are a little tougher, I will say, though, because they're long and they're very involved. And as you said, they're masters of the twist. So you might miss some of those twists that are so important to the plot. But a couple of those Films that I reviewed for the book, I did without subtitles. And the reviews might have suffered a little bit, but I felt it was important to include the films. And they were very enjoyable. You know, I might have missed some stuff, but yes, sir. I have
1: have a question right there. I'm just letting him know.
0: Yes, sir.
2: To what degree did Hollywood in the 70s pay attention to these films? Because when I was seeing the trailers, it reminded me a little bit of Roger Moore's Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, James Bond but a little speaker, but nonetheless, to, be my opinion, that's all. <laughs> to what degree did that feed back into Hollywood?
0: You touched on one of the other reasons I wrote about 70s Bollywood and why I think it's such an interesting period, because uh, Bombay during that time was sort of a crossroads of of world cinema. There were many theaters there, and they would show, you know, obviously they would show Bollywood product and other films from the other Indian regional cinemas. But also they would show films from Italy. They, the the Spaghetti Westerns were very popular. Uh, and Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies, very popular in India during the 70s. And uh, spy movies, uh, very popular. And all of those influences. It was like a big, you know, the Indian film and commercial film industry at that time was just like a big stew of influences like a very voracious you know like a maw into which all these these films went and so you see There was a very popular genre of what they now call curry westerns, which were Indian westerns very much inspired by the Sergio Leone films and Django and all that stuff. A lot of spy films, as you saw, and a lot of, you know, there was even pretty close copies of uh, Hollywood movies. There's a movie called Coon Coon, which is a pretty close remake of Dirty Harry but uh <laughs> but with a with music of course and uh and there's also a hindi version of the godfather called dharmatma which is not as close but you can definitely see the influence so i don't know how much i i think you see now more influence of bollywood in hollywood films or just other world cinema i don't know as far as you know, reflecting back upon uh, Hollywood, if there was an, an influence of Indian films on Hollywood at that time. That's not to say there wasn't, it's just, I don't know.
1: you got a question, but before you, right behind you, I had a question. Yeah, actually, I more kind of have a,
2: a comment. I grew up in Bombay during the 70s. Yes, and...
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and ironically, I did not watch Hindi movies while I was in Bombay, and I was just telling Laura the same thing. Because we felt that, oh, watching Hindi films is like going down the trees. And, and now that I'm over here, I tend to appreciate it from a different point of view. Yes. Having said that, there was, uh, in the 70s, the Hindi movies or the Bollywood movies did not come over to the West. So they were making the movies for the village audience. Yes. For the people who work the whole day and all they want is entertainment, no reasoning, there is no need to think, yes. but they just want to see some dance and if they have to market the movie in Punjab, they need some Bhangra. In the same movie they want to market it in Gujarat, so they want some garba. Right. Yes. you know. <laughs> so it's a big mismatch and what we see is a final product which was originally made for an audience who could not read or write out right.
1: in the villages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, thank you for I, that. That was really excellent. Yes, wait, wait,
2: thank so, you. So what's
1: urban and yeah, I was I was actually going to bring up that question in yeah. in terms of de- defining, but I want to get a response to that well,
0: first. Well, I just want to point out that when I say Bollywood, I'm referring. I, I've someone took me to task for this, and rightly so. When I, Bollywood, the term Bollywood refers only to the commercial film industry of Mumbai or Bombay. There are a lot of other regional film industries, as there are dialects in India. There's the Telugu film industry, the Tamil film industry, and uh, the Gujarat uh, film industry. And they all have like different sensibilities. You know, There are some slight cultural differences between them. I review a few Telugu films in the book because I really love them. I would have reviewed more if I could find them. Yeah, but that's a very exciting thing about the films. And also I'll say, yes, they were definitely aimed at the more working class, poorer audience. And these films were also made at a time of unrest in India. Uh, The 70s in India was very similar to the 60s over here. There was a lot of student unrest and a lot of, corruption in government and that led to something called the emergency where the president declared martial law and so you see and this led to the creation of a character called the angry young man which was a first for Indian cinema because uh, previous to this most of the heroes were of uh, Indian films tended to be kind of uh, mama's boys kind of milk toasty you know good Good, old, good Indian sons, and you know, teetotaling and God fearing, and all that. And then with the Angry Young Men, you got something akin to like the Steve McQueens and the, you know, the rebel character. And he was personified most by an actor named Amitabh Bachan. If you saw Slumdog Millionaire, he's the guy that the kid. Waited through excrement to uh, get his autograph from, so he and he was that big so and, uh, and the angry young man was also a representation of the angry working man, the angry working youth, and the angry poor and also you 'll find in this, these movies, almost without exception, the villain is always like some rich, fat cat who sits. <laughs>
1: Which is, again, that's another trope that you see cross-culturally. Yeah.
0: Yes. Including
1: yeah. something, and this is, this is a little tangent, tangential, mm-hmm. I just think it's fascinating. Right. That one example is a film, Polgassari, which is about the commoners rebelling against the fascists. Right. Yes. And guess where that was made? North, North Korea. Korea. <laughs> so it's just fascinating to me. It is like what you were saying about the films are made for the people. What do they yeah. want to see? Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> you should. I have it if you want to borrow it. Uh, I have got a question in the back, but I did want to address the definitions here of some of the words, some of the different languages, uh, the different uh, things that would appeal to different areas. I was just going to
2: shout out the that that, that rebellion against the fat cats. That, that's not a trope, that's just real realism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well said. <Yes. laughs> I'm going to bring the, the microphone close. Do you want to Shout out some of the explain some of the words you were talking about.
2: Okay, Bandra is one of the popular dances as a folk dance in Punjab, basically celebrating the harvest. And Garba is a very similar folk dance from the western part of India. Again, during the harvest festival, they have their own singing songs and
1: dancing. So it's the style of... It's a, it's yeah. a
2: different folk style. Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned, India has got so many different cultures. It's Almost like a subcontinent. I mean, you and it's huge. It's huge, and it's, every time I go there, I see something new that I've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, the, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's an international country by itself.
1: Yeah, we're all getting our plane tickets to <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Question in the back.
4: Yes. Uh, I apologize if you already covered this question, but can you uh, recommend local movie theaters that tend to show some Indian movies? Fashion Valley AMC, uh, um, Horton Plaza, Theater Up in Poway. Any others?
1: Yeah, that's going to be for us. Um, I think Fashion Valley did used to show a bunch, but still does. yeah.
4: The Reading gas Gaslamp Downtown plays them all the time.
1: Yeah, and, and occasionally they'll and occasionally they'll overfill to the Reading uh, Claremont as well. Um, every week there's
4: at least one playing
0: down Yes. Road.
1: Yeah, and it might be like one screening. Yes. Yeah, and, and
0: yes. it'll fill up. Yeah. You guys are lucky. I come from San Francisco and we you know, I think the nearest place that plays Bollywood movies is in Fremont, which is like an hour yeah. hour train. Yeah. Go Fremont. Yeah. But there's not many. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. Another place that you can
1: get a lot of them is at the public library. <laughs> well,
3: yes. I just make a plug
0: <laughs> this is Jenny from
1: the Public Library. <laughs> I'm from
3: the UCSD Library, but yeah. I would
0: yes, describe right. the Public Library. And I also
1: work with the Public Library, as many of you know, doing Schlockfest, and uh, I probably should have said that yeah. myself.
0: And I'll, I'll also <laughs> add that if you uh, live in a city with a large Indian community, Indian grocery stores a lot of mm-hmm. times so find yeah. DVDs. It's kind of a random selection, but I found some pretty good stuff. But, yeah.
4: There's a place in here uh, called India Sweets and Spices and they have tons of uh, DVDs and VHS for sale if you used one want VHS. India Sweets and Spices, thank you. Yeah.
1: I love this, man. I'm going to put links to all this on the website. This is awesome. It's yeah. a
4: crazy rental system where it costs uh, five dollar. I think it costs five dollars to take it for the whole week. But then, if you don't return it, yeah. it's it's only you lose your five bucks. But if you return it, get three bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: a deposit. It's a deposit, exactly. Exactly. I did want to. I don't know if we really touched on it, but India is such a huge. Like we talked about, the subcontinent. When you're going through the research for all the films, yeah. um, What kinds of differences did you see from South India and, and West India? And the, did you uh, notice things culturally to you? Because.
0: Well, there's there's a definitely a difference to, between the the South Indian, uh, specifically the Telugu language action films. Um, there's a director named K.S.R. Das who I'm really crazy about. Indian action films aren't big on subtlety, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Telugu films tend to be pretty crazy. You may have noticed in. Might have noticed in the trailer, there's a section where a dog shoots a guy. Yeah. That's from a Telugu movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're a little bit more they're <laughs> they're a little bit more action packed. They're actually closer to uh, uh, Indian action movies. While they're action movies, they also honor all the traditions of Indian cinema, the songs and the dance and the And the kind of law, the, you know, very involved narratives with all the twists and turns and stuff. Telugu films, they tend to just, you know, let's get to the action. And there may be a song or two, but they really, they really go for it. So there's that. And they tend to be a little bit more risque. Das tends to film the female dancers from a very low angle. (laughs) So, to put it as delicately as I, I can. there's There are a few times when I've watched it, so I'm like, whoa. Um, um, and I don't think, I, I think I, I reviewed one Tamil film that was a remake of a Hindi film, because there's a lot of that, too. There's a lot of cross-pollination between the different film industries, so uh, Bollywood film might end up being a big hit, and then you know they'll make a, you'll see a tamil remake sometimes you'll see a gujarat remake and then also there've been instances where there's uh, you know a film will be a big a telugu film will be a big hit and so they'll make a hindi film because each of these industries have their own stars you know they each have their own big action star and so they'll make a hindi film with the hindi stars that is more relatable i guess to the hindi audience
1: and by the way, the book does have a section on the hero. It talks about some of the bigger stars. And,
0: yes. You know. Yeah. I try. I try and make it as user friendly as possible.
1: Okay. I'm going to go with Wow. You, you, and you. Go for it. So uh,
3: you mentioned the angry young man. Yeah. Uh, who I think was uh, one of the most one of the most uh, important parts of the 1970s era. Yeah. Um, were you able to pick up on any of the other? Um, I guess foundation characters for these movies. I I can think of a couple. There's the um, the mother. Yes. The the widow mother. Um, There's also the uh, economically uh, the the woman, the young woman going through economic hardship, who has nobody to fend for. Yes. So she ends up getting into trouble.
0: Yes.
3: And there's there's usually a sister who is kind of pawned off or uh, becomes a victim in yes. order to fuel the anger of the young man.
0: That's very familiar, though, isn't it? Just
3: from your
0: observations. From the trailer, almost every one of those clips had an actress named Helen in them. And and there were also, there are these archetypes that appear in film after film, and so often there's just one actor or actress that's associated with them. And Helen... In addition to being an item girl and being a fabulous dancer, she would usually play the vamp role or the femme fatale role and she, and often that was the character who had fallen on the wrong side of the of the uh, of the law and then to redeem herself she usually ends up, you know, dying to save the hero. That's like a big trope in these movies. Also, um, this is probably a time to bring up the whole lost and found Thing where a bit a, a very common plot point is families who, who are sort of torn asunder by circumstance or usually by some villain through some you know nefarious means who scatter to the winds and then later find each other and within that is a very common plot of these siblings who are separated. I, it's so common I have a little symbol for it. <laughs> <Did> i put, <laughs> the book has a key with little symbols, and helen there 's a symbol for Helen to show when she 's in a movie, but the uh, the siblings who are separated and then later find each other uh, or, or meet again from opposite sides of the law. One has become a cop one 's become a bandit. Um, sometimes they remember each other sometimes they don 't, which is interesting because some you know these kids are often there elementary school age and I don't know why they wouldn't recognize you know their parents or their brother or sister but yeah so that plays out a lot of times you'll see the one sister one brother will get separated and get lost and he'll be taken in by a priest and then another the other one will be taken in by a bandit and then they'll be raised and you'll see the dichotomy and uh, event usually the the one who goes bad, who's usually played by Amitabh Bachan, uh, <laughs> will see the error of his ways and sacrifice himself. Uh, but those are very and and those are very typical things. And then yes, there's the mom, and Nairupa Roy is one of the actresses who very often played them. One thing I'd like to say about the heroes of Indian action films as opposed to the heroes of Western films. We in the West are really in love with the idea of the loner hero, you know, who has no connections, and who, who's like he just sprang of a piece, you know, like spontaneous you know, generation. We don't, uh, you know, you don't see James Bond calling his mom or you know uh, except in the more recent ones you know with Daniel Craig it's like but you know do you really want to know about James Bond's dad do you want to see the house where he grew up I don't Uh, (laughs) uh, but um, uh, or or you just learn you know like Dirty Harry for instance You know, you only learn about his wife. You know, or you see a flashback of their family. You know, when they're being brutally killed, and that—that's like his motivation. But Indian films are very much about connection and family, and uh, connectedness between the characters. And the heroes tend to be their family life becomes a big, important part of the film, and especially if the the hero goes a complicated moral route in the course of the film, you have the mother who suffers all along the way. Probably the most classic film where you see that is in uh, Diwar. And that has Nairobi Roy in it. In that film, the brothers, the the policeman brother and the gangster brother, the cop the policeman brothers pursuing the gangster brother, the mother finally condones the Policeman Brothers killing of the character played by Amitabh Bachan and it's a very very tragic story. I mean the thing I said about it is that there's no sadder story in Hindi cinema than the story of a man who gains the world to lose the love of his own mother and uh, and it's uh, so you the character of the mother it's like it's on that character's face that the drama you know, and the tragedy of the story plays out. So that's a very important character in these films. We had a question there and then yeah.
1: I noticed the title of your book
2: is ambiguous. In other words, funky Bollywood could mean like all of Bollywood is funky and you need to see it with those eyes. Or else the funkier part of Bollywood. So did you intend that to be ambiguous that you could read it both ways or how did um,
0: you I I intended it to refer to the specific subset. I mean, I'm a musician, and I actually, my entryway into Bollywood was through the music. I used to watch a show called Namaste America, which Mm -hmm. was like a collection of clips from Hindi movies, all the musical clips. And that's when I first really got into it. I really got into the music and the girls' And in the '70s, the music did. There were certain composers that really started bringing in influences of American funk music, funk and soul music, and disco. So I meant it literally, in a sense, that a lot of these films I reviewed have a very funk-heavy score to them. And also, there were films that had a heavy uh, influence of the American black exploitation films. You know, films like Foxy Brown and Black Caesar. So I wanted to touch, I wanted to conjure up that image. But I didn't, yeah, I don't, I didn't mean it to refer to Bollywood as a whole, but this subset of films.
1: All right, so we've got one, and then two, and then three, and then four. And then we're going to have to, like, cap it off at some point.
0: So this question may be outside of uh, your book, but, um, yeah. So in the 1920s, America, we made a zillion movies, like every week a movie was made, the Ineber Studio. And now there's there's relatively few being made to the amount of money that goes into it, as compared to Bollywood, where there's zillions of movies made. So, how does does that inform our market maturity or consolidation or the freedom of their market, or can you say anything about that? You're talking about the current climate. Yeah, I know a big change in re- in recent years, and by recent I mean like the last 10 or 15 years, right. is that uh, with Indian cinema they've started gearing it in addition to gearing it towards the indigenous, the local, the resident Indian audience, to aim for the diaspora in England and English-speaking countries. So you see a lot more Western influence in the current movies. I don't watch a lot of the new Hollywood movies I should also Not say c g i and robots and things like that there's yeah there is there is that <laughs> they're getting that. into that yeah <laughs> um, I don't know, I think that the that has affected them economically positively, mm-hmm. it's increased their take um and so you do see more ambitious things like um you know the yeah like a lot of c g i and things like that. I don't know, am I answering your question I, yeah, I, yeah. 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 There have been know. some really, like, in terms of how much money
1: they've made versus how much money they've put into it. Yeah. There have been some explosive titles in the last couple of years. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 I mean, Miguel was talking about B movies at the beginning. Uh, I should say that a lot of the movies I review in this book are A are list movies. I mean, these are A list stars. So, and there's, I don't know, I guess there still is, like, a B movie industry in, in India, but. Uh, I can't speculate on like on what trends are going on in current yeah. films. Yes, in the back, yeah.
2: I just wanted to basically refer to uh, a little trivia. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about a lot of action movies uh, in Bollywood, and you also mentioned the name Amitabh a few mm-hmm. times. Now, like most action movies, most of the action is done by some double or some stuntman. Yeah. Except Amitabh's thing was most of his action, he performed himself. Right, in fact, there was a yes. movie called Cooley. Yes. Uh, literal translation means he's a porter on the subway station. Yes. And doing one of his own stunts, he nearly lost his life. Yes. I think it was in the 90s.
0: Early, I think that film was like 85 or something uh, like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But it was unprecedented that all over the world, English speaking Indians or from Russia or from uh, I know families from Africa. Mm
0: -hmm. They were
2: they were kind of praying for his recovery.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to communicate what a huge star he was. He was amazing. I've never seen something. Yeah. And if you watch have you watched Cooley because they, yeah, because they... They, fr- they paused it at that point. Yeah, they freeze-frame it at the moment in the fight scene where he, he like, punctured his... Uh,
2: yeah, he punctured his... He fell on the table and... Yeah,
0: he punctured his... Ruptured his spleen or something, but he... Yeah, they freeze it. And then there's a title that said this is where Amitabh was injured. And, uh, yeah, but apparently there were vigils all over India and... Uh, Ma- massive star
2: I mean I was in Canada at the time and I have never seen something
1: like that ever. wow <laughs> wow! you saw Vigils in Canada? yes Wow! in
2: fact it was on public television uh-huh. you know it was I don't know
1: amazing <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and he was okay he rose again yeah, to make did, many, to many laugh, more movies yeah, he yes saw, like, he's
1: three days later he came back on
4: set
0: <laughs> yeah I, I'm not sure about that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps.
4: I just want to make a comment, I and mean, it's obvious to some folks, but uh, obviously music's a big part of Bollywood, but especially in the 60s and 70s, um, to Muhammad Rafi, etc. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I've come from my music side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just want, for anybody here yeah. that starts to watch these films that has not in the past, I would just say also pay attention to music and what a mishmash that was as well. Besides, you know, you talked before about all the different genres coming into one and being played out in yeah. some of these films. Same with the music, great mm-hmm. yeah. music that you'll know, have music that has surf and has soul and has blues and has rock and roll, kind of all mash into one song. It's amazing, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, on
1: that point too, I mean, it's really important to remember that the, the dance and the music, there's a real solid cultural context yes. for that in the film. And, that, and in order to truly appreciate the films, you have to appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. right. And the, and the songs and the dances play a role off, more often than not in the stories too. So it's not just a digression cuz I think that's one of the things that a lot of people or some people who are trep- have trepidations about jumping into Bollywood it's like oh you know they they just burst out singing you know like it's not like it's not relevant but yeah. the thing I love about the songs in Bollywood movies is they often create sort of a counter or or you know, uh, sub-narrative to the movie, and it's a...
1: Uh, it's often almost like a Greek chorus, too. Yeah, yeah, us, yeah,
0: and it sort of creates a space in which the characters, especially in these movies where there's a lot of changing identities and see people revealing uh, secrets about them or keeping these, harboring these secrets about themselves, the songs create a space where they can speak their truth without the other characters knowing which is interesting like one of my favorite things in Bollywood movies is something I call it the um, third act item girl number which is where you know it's 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 the song that takes us into the third act where all everything sort of goes pear-shaped for the hero and you know his cover is blown and There'll be an item number, usually it'll be like in a nightclub and there'll be some sexy, usually Helen actually <laughs> singing this song, and basically she'll be saying, "You know, your cover's been blown," or basically telling him you know it's all about to go to hell for you <laughs> and usually the hero is sort of oblivious or he'll go, "Hmm <laughs> <You know? laughs> and i I love those songs, you know. <laughs> Uh, and there's there is another I can't remember the film, but there's a film where the the item girl starts singing, she she's threatening to reveal the villain's true identity and she's singing about how she's gonna do that and the villain starts, you know, singing back at her and saying, You better not or I'm gonna do this and meanwhile the pretty much the whole cast of the movie is standing around, you know, just kind of boffing oblivious to what's going on. So it's, a, so it's like a little bubble, a narrative bubble within which people can reveal their true selves and I think that's a good example of how crucial to the narrative these songs are.
1: We had a question here and then I'll, go,
0: I'll wrap it up. Yeah,
1: my question was
2: going back to the lost and found narratives. Yeah. What is the influence of the trauma of partition
1: on the lost and found narratives? Can you repeat kind of what you said just so we have
0: um, she asked what, the, what influence the, the partition of India and Pakistan had on the Lost and Found films. And I would say a lot. I mean, I don't have a lot of evidence to support that, but I think it is definitely influenced by that, especially, I think, you know, families were separated in partition, so I think that's part of it too. There's a director named Man Mohan who specialize in those films, but a lot of times they'll have like in his films, it, like he did a film, a very famous film called "Amar Akbar Anthony," where three siblings, three brothers, get separated. one is raised Muslim, one is raised Hindu, and one is raised Catholic. And then um, at the end, when they come together, it's like a symbol of, you know, unity between the religions um, which i think is like a hopeful you know for a desire was like a hopeful or a you know was a reference to partition i think <laughs> so right, anybody so, else yeah i think i'm going to wrap this up there's one thing i wanted you to talk about and
1: i will let everybody know so what, what the way this is going to look uh, I want Todd to talk about one more topic. I'm going to play a clip show with lots of clips that is just going to run on the big screen here. You're welcome to stay and watch as many as you'd like. <laughs> a lot of songs, so it's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, uh, Todd will be in the, li- uh, the lobby with his book, uh, and you can get it signed if you want to get a book, or just thumb through it and look through it and look at all the gorgeous pictures. It's in full color. And a lot of information we had, but um, I think I want to just go back around to the music and and um, the songs and the dance and add to that a little bit we were I drove Todd from l a today and we talked a lot in the car and about some of the things we love about not just films from Bollywood but films from all over the world, uh, particularly um, you know non huge budgeted films and what we love about artifice, I think we talked about this right. idea of artifice. In other words, these are films that aren't trying to fool you into thinking this is a reality. It's a hyper-reality. It's, not, you know, it, it's, it's something that you, ha- that you give yourself to by using your imagination and how much we love that. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to touch on that, the, the beauty of artifice and mm-hmm. where you find it in Bollywood.
0: Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of artifice in Bollywood. I like to say that I'm a fan of pure cinema. That I prefer, you know, I can. Uh, you stumped me. <laughs> um, I love saturated colors. I love over the top performances. You know, I love very stylized sets because that to me is what film is all about. I don't really need film to tell me what life is and what, how life can be hard.
1: I think part, yeah, part of what we were talking about is there seems to be, particularly in Hollywood and bigger films now, this need for us to feel like maybe this could possibly happen. You know? This feel right. like this is definitely in the real world that yes. wants to be so uber grounded when sometimes what we need is something very much not like the real world.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, when I, I, when I look to films. Huh? Yeah,
1: but you know, they still try to have like politics and the news. Some of that right. stuff looks like you're watching the news. It's just got a lot of CGI pasted on it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Who says the news is real? <laughs> ah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we're getting pol- political now. Yeah. But man, eh, it's still, you don't, know, it would be great if The Hulk. And Scarlet Witch would break in the song and dance. That would be freaking awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and like you were saying, you can learn a lot from uh, from B-movies and popular movies, you know, just movies that are made for, you know... How I
1: the mean, Avengers is a B-movie made for $250 million.
0: Right, yeah, it is. It's made It's made for the the punters, as the British would say. It's made for the average... Joe Public goes to see on a Saturday, you know, to forget about the working week. I I think those films can tell you a lot more about a culture than an art, in a lot of cases, an art house movie where, I mean, art house movies tend to be made for an international audience, the, the, the festival audience and the art house audience. And a lot of times I feel like they're trying to tell people what life is like in their country. But I think... When you watch a popular film You're seeing The escape fantasies You're seeing the dream People's dreams And you You know what better entryway Into a culture than that So that's you know that's one of the things And I just love I love like everybody else I just want to escape when I go to the movies You know so I want to see Music And dancing and color and and crazy action and dog shooting people and (laughs) it's like the farthest away from my everyday reality not that my everyday reality is horrible but you know I don't need to see it reflected on the screen I just I want to escape into a into a magical world you know and I think that's what the movies are all about
1: and it's what Bollywood cinema certainly gives Yeah. yeah I think on that note uh, let's watch some clips I'll put those out Todd will be on his the book yeah.
0: thank you very much
1: I want to thank the comments that people had the questions you had sometimes I do a QA and a and it's just like crickets and this was this is awesome I mean yeah. I used to make it a podcast every time mm-hmm. I think that you should <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Remember, I will have a link to get you your own book on HIFilmFest.com. You can also follow Todd Stadman on Twitter at 4DK. That's at sign F-O-U-R-D-K. And of course, follow myself on Twitter at H-I-F-F-S-D. And on that note, I'm also currently pre-selling tickets to this year's Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in San Diego, on the platform Indiegogo.com. I'll have links to that on well, so pre-sales help me out immensely, so I beg you to get yours today. (laughs) But until next time, please keep finding joy in unexpected places.